Chris Hahn here on the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. We don't just talk about progressive politics. We tell you how to win because that's what being an aggressive progressive is. Check us out every Tuesday. New episodes on Pandora, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't miss a week. The Aggressive Progressive Podcast with Chris Hahn. You are now listening to Bigfoot and Beyond, featuring the OG bad boys of Bigfoot, the Dr. Heckle and Mr. Jive of Squatchology, the Chip and Dale of Bigfoot, and I'm not talking about the cartoon. Please welcome your hosts, the Bigfoot celebrity couple, Biff Clobo, better known as Cliff Berrickman and James Bobo Pay. Cliff, what's going on? Lots of stuff, but right now I'm pretty fired up for the podcast. Yeah, we got a great guest tonight. He's yeah, a, a good friend of both of us, I think. Oh, you know who it is already? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you were kind of hinting at it. I, I busted that code. All right. Yeah, we got the formidable Stacy Brown Jr. Formidable What's... is right. Stacy, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. How about y'all? Doing great. I'm feeling my age, man. I was outside doing a bunch of yard work today and just kind of beating myself to death. So. You know how like uh, oh, uh, you know how old dogs just don't know they're old and they go about doing whatever they do, then they kind of pay for it later. That's yeah. me. All right. <laughs> Are you on the field right now, Stacy? Uh, no, I'm just uh, camping here at a local campsite. You know, uh, I wish I could say I was in the field, but I don't go till tomorrow. We're going to be out tomorrow for a week at my new spot. We got we've uh, been having some some really strange activity uh but you know it's always like every, every time we go there it's it's something so is it where it's is just it? it's brought more questions than it has uh answers well, that's watching for sure that's how i feel all the time what, what area is it in like general is it near Mayaka or is it up northmore um it's it's about an hour from my house so it, it would be uh it's about an hour and 30 minutes east of Torreya State Park. And we actually pulled a permit there to, uh, to hunt Bigfoot, you know? So they, they actually graced us with a permit that says Sasquatch research. And it was, no way. yeah, it was pretty cool. You got wow. Of that. I've, I've got, uh, I've got a, a copy of it at the house. I'm going to frame, you know, <laughs> cause I don't, I don't know if anybody that's ever pulled one before, you Never know, heard of it. Is that a state forest? Uh, no, it's it's owned by a like a water management district. Oh, okay. Uh, so there's really nothing out there. Uh, a primitive, like the most primitive campsite, and it's like 30 miles into the forest. So it's it's about as isolated as you can get, you know, in the state of Florida. Can you like lock the campground it so it's just your crew and you're in there? Is that kind of thing or? Yeah. Yeah. We lock it like two weeks at a time. So we've got it for a week coming up. We're, uh, shooting, a, a little like skunk ape documentary, some, some research stuff and, um, just trying to finish that up. So we've already shot for about five days and we're going to go out for another six. You get this weird stuff you're talking about on film at all. Yeah. You know, um, and now like last time we hung out, uh, the Southeast Texas Bigfoot Conference. Yeah. 
when uh, I got horribly drunk and locked out of that room. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people, and and so I don't know what I don't want to come across like I'm I'm woo. You know, you know what I'm talking about, like the sure. people that it's all woo, you know, uh, but like the lights and we, we've actually filmed them, you know, this time. And it, it's strange. I don't know that the lights have any correlation at all with the Bigfoot activity. I've, I've went to the point now to where I've got, I now go out with ghost equipment just in case, you know, uh, it may be something else, you know, something paranormal. I, I don't like to, to lean towards Bigfoot being something like that, but I, I know enough about the Sasquatch to know that I don't know anything. Right. Yeah. That's the only you safe place I mean? to come from. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just all kind of open-minded in, in my group. There's some people that believe in that. I, I tend to lean or lean towards it being the primate, you know, cause the, the encounters I've had, most of them uh, make this seem like this is an ordinary flesh and blood animal. But then at the same time, I can't ignore the lights, the, uh, the just the strange, like the shadows and stuff like that. And it may be because the place where we're at is a slave canal. Uh, that's what they call it. Um, so they had all these slaves back in the day dig this canal. Hundreds of them died in the process. I mean, can you imagine digging a canal that's like 35 feet wide uh, and about six feet deep in the Florida heat, mm. you know, that, that doesn't, and through the swamp of all places. So that doesn't really life expectancy is probably not good while doing that. So it may be something of like, sometimes we're having paranormal activity that's not related to Bigfoot, but I'm out there looking for Bigfoot when I'm having it. And I'm just trying to document all of it, you know, um, because there's the outside chance that maybe I'm wrong and maybe this isn't a flesh and blood animal. And that would explain a lot of things. Uh, but then again, I, I don't, you know, it's hard for me to accept that. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I think that's a really good attitude to have, you know, because um, a lot of people and I, I got to say, particularly on the woo side, if I if I may stereotype for a moment, um, the woo sort of folks always peg me as an aper, which I think is a really a narrow definition that they have that I don't share. And they try to pin me in that little thing, you know, um, like, yeah, I've, I've seen a ghost. I've seen UFOs. Weird shit happens, basically. But I've never seen a direct connection between all that weird stuff and Sasquatches. So I'm left with my own experience with Sasquatches, and I completely think that they're only biological. But that doesn't mean there's other that, that there's not other weird stuff out there. Um, so to approach it like you are, it's like, yeah, well, maybe I doubt it, but maybe. But you're documenting the, the weird stuff that comes your way as you go along. I think that's a safe and intelligent and frankly, scientific way to go about things like this. So props to you, man. Well, you know, coming from a dumb redneck, uh, you call me a dumb redneck. No, I'm talking about myself. Kidding, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I try to be as scientific as possible. I, I, and I'm not a scientist. I'm not even close. Uh, but I do try to keep an open mind and that's, and that's what bothers me with, the scientists that get into this field because they're very close-minded, you know, and it, it could, it could be, let's say the woo is the thing. 
You know, it could just be something we don't understand yet that we may in 20 years. I know these things haven't been put in a zoo yet. So, you know, man is pretty good at killing things. Uh, you just look at, you know, our past. Um, so maybe there's something, you know, ultimately to it. So as a researcher uh, or as a de- detective, I guess, was kind of the same, same thing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you can't go into it with a, with a one track mind because you're only going to get the answers that you seek. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that, that thing, the, you know, seek and ye shall find. And I always yeah. add on that. I always put on the end seek and ye shall find, even if it's not there. Right. I see a lot yeah. of that going around too. Yeah. Hey, Amen. Well, well, let me ask you, uh, Stacey, since you have this location you've been uh, focusing on, what brought you to that spot? Was it a sighting? Was it just like looking at the habitat and figuring they've got to be in there? Um, what, 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 did, what criteria did you use to narrow down where you wanted to go? Uh, well, um, okay, so just like you and Bobo, I'm sure y'all get people all the time. They're like, hey, man, you have to come visit my site. You have to come visit this spot where the activity is just off the charts and you hear it so much that you don't really, you can't really pay it attention, you know? Um, but I was, you know, just there one night and I, I called my buddy and I was like, let's go out to that spot you've been talking about for three years, you know, cause this guy had been on me three years. He's like, Hey, I shot one here in 83. Uh, they're still there, you know? Um, I can, you know, there's activity all the time. And, and when I went out, that was probably one of the most active nights I had ever had, but I was, uh, you know, knee deep in another spot, uh, the bridges spot at the time. Uh, so I went there, I had the activity. I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, like uh, there were probably uh, to the best of my knowledge, four to five Sasquatch there that night just from how the knocks were circling us and because we were moving towards it, you know, and then one would pop off right behind us. And I know I didn't miss nothing walking in. It was almost like something was, you know, trying to keep us from going forward. Um, and so that was it. I, t- I took it at face value. I was like, wow, it's really fun night. It's kind of blew my mind. I didn't expect anything to happen. I really didn't even go out prepared. I had my thermal, but I didn't like have my audio recorder or any anything else that I would normally tote with me. Uh, and then Hurricane Michael came through. Uh, so Torreya State Park, uh, the bridges, all that got destroyed. Y'all remember what Torreya State Park looked like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All those trees are only about five to ten feet tall now. Wow, yeah. it just broke, snapped in half, or, or actually snapped it, dude. It fifth. just cleared them hillsides. No kidding. Just yeah. Well, you figure the 150 mile an hour winds mm-hmm. for 10 hours sustained. Wow. Just did it in, and you know the Torreya State Park. I loved the place. It was my favorite place on earth. Um, uh, and it, you just couldn't go to it no more. You know, so I had to find a new spot, and we. We went out to this spot and we started trying it. And then I dug around uh, just talking to people and the, the, the eyewitness reports, you know, uh, the, the stories I were getting that were coming out from there, uh, from preachers and from all kinds of people. Just uh, even my uh, ex-mother-in-law, she had 
she had said it one night when she had came uh, from Orlando. She said she thought she almost hit a koala bear. She said it was hmm. gray. It was about three feet tall. It was in the same area, you know, because like Highway 98 is the main road and it runs through this massive forest. It's like, uh, I want to say 75,000 acres, right? So um, there's no koala bears out there. And then I just started like, hey, talking uh, to people. Stacy, can you offer a second? I just want to tell the listeners you're talking about Torreya State Park. That's where you and your dad filmed the best, I think, the best Bigfoot footage since the Patterson Gillen film. It's where we filmed with you. And yeah, it was, it was a great spot in Florida. And just making sure that people know who you are, because we have a lot of people that aren't really big Bigfoot people that are just kind of more from the TV show. So just right. give them a frame of reference who you are. Yeah, that that will I'll probably never get another chance like that. And so that area, right? Like if you if someone want, like we can go back to the PG site and kind of measure stuff now. Those trees that Cliff measured for to get the size estimate, they're all gone. You're saying uh, every single one of them. You know, wow. and we had had we had had plans on like the the, the park was cool with us. They were going to put like a plaque there and you know at the site and so it was really important it was really uh, dad's idea you know um because he just felt that nobody would take me and him seriously he's like we got to have somebody else look into this uh because if we just throw it out there you know it's going to be like every single thing else he goes what we've seen is actually real we need somebody to come out here and validate it and you know cliff's numbers that he got from the site are you know, forever going to be that piece of evidence because we just, now we can't, you can't even go yeah. out there. Like there's so many deadfalls and like trees just hanging that the park just like last time I stayed there, I stayed there in the yurt, uh, you know, just to hang out one night. And, um, they, they told me, they're like, listen, we know you, please don't go in those woods. And I was like, all right, I'll trust you. <laughs> I'm not going to sneak out there. So, yeah, yeah, it's just dangerous. All the widow makers and whatever else just waiting to kill you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, your footage is fan. Uh, you and your dad, just like hats off to you. And you guys had a really cool experience uh, with in a place with a great history. You brought back evidence. I mean, um, and I was shocked, shocked when I when we went there for finding Bigfoot to learn that it was 150 yards from where I had recorded whoops just a year or two or three earlier. Um, the place has been going off for a long, long time. And it's, I'm sad to hear that it's not uh, a viable Sasquatch spot anymore, but no, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of lame, you know, that it's all done, but what happens to them? I'm sure they weren't there when it went down. So they had to have moved. Uh, I really don't think they moved to where I'm at now, but I know they had to have moved into other areas where the storm didn't hit. Uh, it's kind of like mm -hmm. that thing where, a tsunami comes in, and all of a sudden, uh, before the tsunami gets there, you notice there's no more animals around. All the dogs yeah. and everything's headed to high ground, <laughs> like they got an early detection mm -hmm. system. Well, you've had a lot of different projects going on in the last couple of years. Um, so it's been, God, it's been almost two years since we've seen each other, huh? So I know that you've been filming a lot with Les Stroud. Uh, how many projects have you done with him in the last couple of years? Uh, well, we did two. Um, we met, I got an email one day from some guy, an independent filmmaker, and he was like, Hey, I want you to come and, uh, be on this show. It was right after I got off of Bigfoot Bounty. Um, which you won. 
Yeah, one, but it was a crap show. I mean, like, I didn't produce it. I was just on it. You know what I mean? But like, when you watch it, it's a game show. It's it's. There's no real substance there. It was basically who could polish bullshit the best. <laughs> well, you know, television is sometimes like that if you're not careful. Um, I mean, Finding but, Bigfoot would have been like that unless they they hired Moneymaker and Bobo and like everybody like us, me too, I guess. But really, I got to hand it to Moneymaker and Bobo more than anybody because they were a pain in the ass to the producers. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm more willing to like uh, I'm not not, not going to say play ball because I'm not going to lie on camera and stuff like that. That's that that's unbecoming of a Sasquatcher. But um, but Bobo and Matt, man, they were just a pain in the ass to the producers and really shaped our show up into a place where we. They didn't even ask us to lie um, after season one, at least, you know, and yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel for anybody who's on, who's on TV that isn't ready to go to bat for uh, the truth, man. So, well, I didn't lie. I never. And we actually, the, the behind the scenes story of that, it's like there was four times we quit uh, and walked off, um, had our stuff packed up and waiting at the van. Um, Cause like the first episode there was uh there was this coyote turd that somebody turned in and had human DNA on it. And I was like, them dudes breathed on that. They breathed in mm -hmm. the tube. They breathed on something. And I was like, y'all haven't swabbed our mouths. And that was the only reason we went on the show. It's like, Hey, we're going to put you in all these Bigfoot hotspots, give you free DNA testing. And you have a chance to, you know, win $10 million if you get the DNA in Bigfoot. So I was like, I'm not turning that down. You know, I've never been to these spots I, at the time. I had never traveled anywhere. You know, so uh, I, I took it. And then when that happened and those guys didn't get eliminated that round, we quit. I'm like, I'm done. Y'all ain't swabbing everybody's mouths. Y'all ain't, you know, telling us what human DNA is. Y'all are just pushing this along like, oh, they got primate DNA. We're primates, bro. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be on here and embarrass myself any more than I already am because I'm on a Bigfoot show. Yeah. Now, now some, uh, I don't, I want to get back to the Les Stroud thing in a minute, but, uh, since we brought up the Bigfoot bounty show, um, I'm always interested in hearing uh, that stuff that happened at bluff Creek. Cause of course, you know, if you're doing a Bigfoot show, you got to go to bluff Creek, but you found stuff and you tracked one of these things. If I, if I remember correctly, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So we, uh, were part of three teams that were left. Um, and the one team had a map, so they were going to the film site and I'm like, all right, bro, everybody here just is a tourist. You know, we actually got to look for something. So we walked down Bluff Creek until we seen a huge slide come down the side of the hill into the water. And I was like, it's probably a bear, but let's just check it out. So we went up this mountain and we're seeing tracks that are like bear tracks. They look like bear tracks. They look like bear tracks. Okay. That one doesn't look like a bear track. Uh, okay. This is, this is maybe maybe and then it turned into we hit like a logging road it was an old logging road and it's like all right but that's a footprint that, that's not a bear track and we kept following them so on this old logging road the pines had or whatever those trees are i'm assuming they were pines um they were about four or five feet tall and so along we followed these tracks for about a mile and we counted if, if my memory serves me right, it was like 22 of those saplings were broke, like at the top, you know, just snapped over, snapped over. And we're still finding the tracks, you know, and they weren't castable, but they were just impressions 
in the leaves and it's one after another, you know, and they're in the straight line. Uh, and so we come to this ravine and there's a tree maybe about as big around as my waist. That's, that's going across this like 20 foot ravine. And the cameramen stopped us and they're like, Hey, it's not safe. They had the power to do this. They're like, it's not safe. We're not continuing on. And we were like, all right, bro, we believe these are actually Bigfoot tracks. This was one of the other times we quit. <laughs> we were like, you can go head back to the van, but this stuff ain't old. We're going to where this, you know, we're following it on. And so they radioed it in. They're like, Hey, Stacy and Dave ain't, ain't gonna uh come back they think they're following bigfoot tracks right now they're about to cross some dangerous stuff we told them no they you know said said do whatever you want in a nicer way uh to put it but um i don't know what the producers told them but all of a sudden they're like okay go ahead so we follow these tracks around this little like look like a goat trail on the side of this mountain or all around the side of this hill and then we lose them and we just keep going that goat trail and then we pick them back up and then we come to this structure and the tracks are like, it almost looked like somebody was panicking and just walking back and forth or pacing, you know, kind of like a coyote does a coyote to take a few steps like normal. And then it takes a few steps fast and then back to kind of slow trot. And it was just all around here, you know, and inside the structure were these small handprints on the wall, on the like the hill that the structure was made in. And then these tracks go up this slate hill. I tried for the life of me to get up this slate hill, and I couldn't do it. Every time you'd step, you'd come right back down. You know, so um, that was that was I think the only real evidence that was actually found on the show. And Spike kind of dropped the ball when they were displaying that and we've fought with them tooth and nail, trying to get the footage, just trying to get the rough cuts. Uh, so we could, you know, maybe put it out ourselves because it was like that stuff we documented was great. Um, and we ran into a guy who was there. He, I guess he was the, the fixer. There was Rowdy Kelly yeah. and the other guy, the, the Ranger. I can't remember his name. Oh. Save my life. Leiderman. Leiderman, right? So Leiderman's like, nobody's been up there in years. And he tells us that's called Mount Onion, right? Or Onion Mountain or so one of the two. And uh, he's telling us nobody's been up there in years, blah, blah, blah. Well, of course, after the show airs, Rowdy and some of them other guys from the Bluff Creek Project are like, oh, yeah, people go up there all the time, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, that hill we climbed up, we climbed up on our hands and knees. Like there is footage of that that was on TV, ain't it? Wasn't nobody going up there. And why would Leiterman tell me nobody had been up there that we literally probably just found something, you know? Uh, yeah. and so that was that was very cool. It was a, uh, it was that probably had to be, and and where we found it in Bluff Creek, you know. At the time, I was just like, holy cow, dude! Like we're on to something. This is it was so exciting. Uh, there was only a few moments I've had where something was really exciting when I knew it was going on. Like when my dad got his footage, I didn't know what he was filming. I didn't know what he seen through the thermal. So I didn't really catch it. I just knew all of a sudden he was scared and he didn't tell me till we got back to the camp, what he saw. And then I looked at the footage, uh, when we got to the parking lot. But besides that, that the excitement for me, like a Bigfoot just crossed in front of you, uh, wasn't, 
wasn't there, but at Bluff Creek, it was, it was extremely exciting. Um, and I mean, it is what it is, you know, we can, we can't obviously prove any of that was Bigfoot, but it wasn't us. And there literally were nobody up there. I don't think the producers would have went through the, the, the trouble. I don't think they would have went through the trouble to do all of that. And like that structure, that structure was old. It wasn't new. It, it, it looked like it had recently been used, but it wasn't at all. Uh, you know, like there was a show on travel channel. I won't say its name recently, but they found the structure. It looked like it had just been made. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that like raises a red flag as to uh, its authenticity to me. I mean, yeah, what are the chances? Yeah, Bigfoot could have just made that right before we got here and found it. Or you climb to a bird's nest and it has a Bigfoot hair in it. Right, yeah, or your drone comes out of a cave with a Bigfoot hair on it. <laughs> but whatever. Um, it, w- it was really something, you know, and then, of course, you have the haters and all that that detract from it and stuff. But, you know, they weren't there. And... I was. I filmed it. Tried to document it the best I could, and Spike dropped the ball. That was the one thing that was found on that show that was legit, and they dropped the ball. But they didn't know what they were doing. They, they were just, oh, Bigfoot's popular right now. Let's spend five million dollars to make this show and bring Superman in. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you got to hang out with Todd Disatel and Natalia Reagan. That's kind of cool. I mean, they're both legit, aren't they? They're pretty legit people, PhDs and all that jazz. Oh yeah. I mean, Todd. Todd's good friend. I hung out with him after that. You know, we uh, actually got invited to go to the live finale of Ink Master one time. (laughs) And and so what was was cool about that is like, all right, now we're going to the after party. And I'm thinking, it's I'm I'm running here. Ain't nobody going to know me or nothing. This is going to be cool. And I get in there and Dave Navarro turns around and goes, Stacy effing Brown. And I was like, are you serious? Because <laughs> he had watched the show. And uh, well, he's was, digging for Squatch. Yeah, I didn't realize that, you know? And so that was like, oh my God, I've been listening to this dude's tunes since I was a kid and he knows who I am, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> it was yeah, really someone, a surreal moment. Someone sent me a couple of pictures of him on stage playing wearing a gone Squatch and hat. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that that guy, like makeup wearing, little Hollywood guy, would be all that hardcore into the squatch, but he is. Yeah, he was he was a really, really down to earth person. I mean, as as you would expect, but uh, he just he he had all these questions about Bigfoot, and so I sat there and instead of enjoying this party, I mean, I guess I enjoyed telling him and answering all his questions, but at the same time, I got Todd over here shooting me down because Todd doesn't believe in Bigfoot at all. Sure. Todd, Todd wants to be the one to sequence the DNA, though. And he's like, hey, I'll give you like a tenth of a percent that this thing is real. But if you send me something, and I, you know, I'd love to be your guy that sequences the DNA, you know? So he's a scientist, you know? Back to my initial question again, and, and I love these side trips, and that's kind of the fun thing about this podcast is because obviously we're not organized; we're just hanging out talking. But um, but, but you were talking about uh, your you did some stuff with Les Stroud, Survivor Man. So tell yep. us about uh, your experiences with him and what you filmed with him. So me and Les, uh, I got an email one day from an independent filmmaker, and he's like, "Hey, I'd like you to be on this show uh, with Les Stroud and Tom Green," and I, I thought it was a joke. 
<laughs> Tom Green's that Tom Green's that like '90s comedian guy. He's kind of like an asshole to be funny, right? Yeah, yeah. But like when I grew up, that was he had his show on MTV, and so I looked up to him. And then of course, Les was Les. He was on air for like 17 years. I watched every single episode of his show with my son because when my son was like four, he didn't want to watch Barney and stuff like that anymore. He wanted to watch Survivor Man. So I had to sit there on the couch with him and watch all these shows. And I'm like, whatever, you know, you're joking. I ain't, if you send me the plane ticket and then they were telling me they were going to pay me like 5,000 bucks for the weekend. So I was like, get out of here. You know, this is too good to be true. Well, it was true. Uh, I went out there to play myself and, you know, then they're like, Hey, we want you to be Les's assistant and Tom Green's nemesis. So we stay here another month. And I did, and you know, me and Les hit it off. That movie that we made, uh, I won't say the name because it's absolutely horrible, and it's probably the worst <laughs> movie I've ever seen. Like, I, I really hope nobody ever sees it. Um, dude, dude, it's bad. Like, you think Toxic Avenger was bad? No, I love that movie. <laughs> It doesn't stand the test of time, okay? So, like, <laughs> I loved it when I was a kid. But Toxic Avenger is crap, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, but it's worse than that, dude. It's, it's just like it, it's way too long. It doesn't make any sense, but whatever, you know? Um, so me and him hit it off. Uh, we hung out. Uh, you know, he obviously wanted to talk Bigfoot. Uh, he has his own beliefs on, on Bigfoot. And you know that's cool uh so then i we had stayed in touch you know because we were griping about cuts of this movie that they've been sending us and they were wanting us to you know get out and talk about it and all this and we were just like no you know <laughs> you need to have a professional editor to do this film because like what you have right here is inside the mind of a scattered brain person. So you got like a little storyline here that doesn't even make sense. And so we, we griped. And so while I was out shooting, um, a documentary, we got coming out soon called skunk ape lives. I went in the woods to take a leak. And as I did, my buddy's like, Hey dude, be careful. There's pits all over these, all over these forests. He said, some of them are super deep and they're only big as your waist. So take your flashlight. And then it struck me. I was like, oh, my God, this is the best idea I've ever had. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'll make a movie out of this. So I wrote a screenplay, uh, and I sent it to Les. And I was like, hey, dude, um, you want to do this movie? And he said, yeah. And, you know, so it went from there. Uh, basically, we played people that were close to ourselves. You know, uh, he, in the movie, plays a TV survivalist. Um, and I played kind of a, uh, bipolar fisherman. So it wasn't hard for us to reach <laughs> out and be these characters. Right. So, uh, you know, and, and we're in the forest reconnecting, uh, after, you know, years of being in the military, we fall into this, the ground opens up and swallows us and, and so we're stuck there for 50 days, and the movie kind of really turns dark. Uh, you know, it's 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 more or less the the cave you think at the beginning when you hear the pit. Uh, you think that that's the, I guess, the problem, the antagonist. You know, like the bad thing that they have to overcome. But 
what it turns out being is the mind. Like you, you, you're actually having to overcome your mind because you're going insane. And it's a slow trip down, down that path, down that rabbit hole. And, you know, me and him work really well together. Uh, most of our lines in the movie was uh, more or less just ad libs, you know, like when we would get into our arguments and stuff, we would uh, just go for it. And it, it, on on the screen, it really came off uh, legit and made us both look like professional actors, which we're not. But you know, it, it turned out really well. Um, and you know, it's it just now went to the colorist, uh, and then it's going to LA for the sound mix, and then it's done. We hope to have it out this summer. Um, but the cool thing about it was is like the, just the whole production in general. Um, when we filmed it, uh, we filmed one set in the summer and then we had to lose all this weight. I lost like 20 pounds, which if you've seen me, yeah, I don't, I don't have much to lose already. Yeah, you know, you're not exactly a fat guy or you're not even, fit, you know, <laughs> no, uh, and less of course didn't lose much weight. So <laughs> it was like, we had to put bigger shirts on him and stuff, uh, to hide it but like so we try to pull a permit to film in the caves in florida but they consider every cave in florida to be alive like if you go touch the wall apparently it kills it um which whatever i'm not a biologist and i don't believe that but you know uh maybe it's true so uh, me and my dad built this cave this 20 foot tall cave out of concrete and rebar Oh, wow. Yep. And um, then we had a shoot, and then Hurricane Michael came in, and uh, it, it, you know, canceled. So we lost like 15 grand, you know, because you can't, you have to pay less for his time. Uh, regardless, he had booked it for us, and we were okay with that. Um, then we ended up finishing it in December, and then my dad passed away the day after we got done. And it was really, so it was like a, it was a hard process after that, getting it done, but more, more or less at this point, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of my, um, I guess, send off to him like, Hey, this is all a hard work. So we're really, really eager to get it out and let everybody see what was done because like everything in the movie, you see the cave, the tunnels, he built all that, you know, I say me and him did it, but I'm not no carpenter. I, I don't have that kind of mind. And it, it went, uh, you know, so like the movie wouldn't have happened without him doing all that stuff. So. Hey, your, yeah, dad. your dad is a cool dude, man. I really liked your dad. So I'm so, I'm sorry to see him go as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Life happens, you know, but it made the editing process hard. <laughs> it did. Like my dog that's in the movie, she also passed away like right after it. So I was like, oh, oh my dude. God, can anything else go wrong? You know, so. Better quit making movies. The, oh, geez, dude. It's like every time uh, we make a movie, like Stevie, um, his, his sister passed away during the first movie we were making. And then his dad passed away during the second movie we were making. And then the third movie, it was like my dad passed away. And so, like, oh man. Oh, God. Maybe this just ain't for us, you know? That's too bad. 
You gotta give your, you gotta give your man Stevie Strings a shout out. That guy's awesome. Yeah, he is. You know, he uh, we make a good team. You know, he he supports me. Uh, yeah, he believes in what we're doing. You know, oh, and so oh. like production company is mine and his, and we uh, you know, we go after these projects, and he's right there with me. You know, along the way, uh, you know, just more or less keeping me in line. <laughs> and, uh, that's a full-time job right there Hazard. all right but maybe one day i'll be able to pay him for that <laughs> <laughs> not enough <laughs> yeah the back pay would be horrible but uh it is what it is i guess uh the other project we made that i was really proud of uh, i met this guy online okay and his name is wayne wilson Oh yeah, C, I see Wayne Wilson, and so I made this short film with him, and it's on Amazon now. It's called My Journey with Monsters. But like, it, it, out of the movies I've released to date, that is by far my favorite. It's only twenty six minutes, but it's popular, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's doing well. Uh, it's 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 comedy gold, you know, Wayne. Uh, he has a lot of people that call him a hoaxer and this, that, and the other, but that that's that's not it, you know? I mean, like, oh. the movie wasn't about Bigfoot or the things he takes pictures of. The movie was about him, you know, and, and how interesting a character he is. I wanted to make it more of a, uh, a human interest piece because he actually believes everything he's saying. Oh, he's yeah. not lying. He's not making it up. Now, is what he's saying true? I don't know. I don't. I don't see the things he sees. Yeah. You see know? that. That's a. That's an. If that's a touchy thing, or that's a. There. There. It's a good point because if you're not, if you believe it, you're not lying. You're not a hoaxer. You could just be wrong. And I, there's plenty of weirdos in the Bigfoot world. And I think a lot of these people um, think. Well, like are telling the truth, they're just probably wrong about what they're saying, you know. Um, and I think of the most bizarre sort of things out there that are being claimed about Sasquatches. Uh, they can't all be right, right? So uh, some of those people are wrong, but they're not necessarily lying. And sure, some people are straight out lying and they know it. And those are the worst of the worst. I don't mind it when people are just wrong about stuff. Right. Well, you know, it the way I looked at it, right? Because he's so convinced that what he is seeing. And he, he's not one of these people that takes the pictures and goes back and stares at the pictures. He sees it, and then he takes the picture of it. He sees mm -hmm. it there. So, you know, you you look at that and like, okay, so I'm colorblind, right? So, Cliff, if you looked at something and you said, that's green, I said, no, bro, that's red. I'm not wrong. Nope. You know, it's just how my eyes perceive things. And the mind is a very uh, a very unique interesting thing to me what if he's really actually seeing this and there's something in my mind that is not allowing me to see it uh and and you know people point out that but well maybe he's schizophrenic okay so let's say he is schizophrenic what if he's still not wrong what if he's still really seeing what if that thing is really there and maybe there's some frequency he's on you know i don't know i just i found it so interesting uh because he's so convinced that what he's seeing is, is real. And dude, he has people backing him up. He has other people that see these things and I don't see them. And I've told him that I don't see them. 
you know, and we have that understanding. But uh, not, not too many people see him. You know, I I pitched a series when they wanted me to. You know, they said, "What, what idea do you have for a, a series?" And I said, I, "I don't want to go meet like with Meldrum and Cliff and all the top experts. I want to go meet up with the weirdest, far out there Bigfooters and UFO guys, whatever that see things or see things that no one else sees or think things that other people don't think, and just go like." go squashing with those guys or like a whole series of that. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you can get the people, that's been the biggest problem with the movie. It's like, Oh, he's not really seeing a Bigfoot, blah, 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 blah. It's like, dude, you're missing the point of the movie. Right. The, the point of the movie is this man's interesting and he's just hilarious. Like, uh, <laughs> he's like in, in one part of the film, he's like, uh, and here you see, Bigfoot and he's got a bag of fast food in his hand and you're looking at this mm-hmm. picture and it's bushes. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, or I, I perceive it as bushes. So, uh, <laughs> but he swears up and down this Bigfoot's just turned to him and, and sees, uh, sees him. He's got his bag of fast food, his double cheeseburger or whatever it is in there. And then he's headed off back into the woods to eat with his forest friends. I don't know. <laughs> how, how can he not love that? Exactly. Um, you know, and, and, but people see it and they're like, Oh, he's lying. He's lying. He's a hoaxer. He's a hoaxer. Why would you go that far if you were hoaxing? Why would you do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why would you say those things? Yeah, I don't mind that kind of thing at all. Like the like the weirder the people that that's just great. The what the I just love weird people in general, um, uh, present company included. But uh, but mm-hmm. the thing that really irks me, man, is when the the weird people demand that I that I think the same way they do. Right, you know that that, that just downright uh, that just really annoys me, honestly. And if they push too far enough, it pisses me off. Like, why can't we just cordially disagree about it? You know, like what what sort of mental illness does does somebody have that everybody has to agree with them? Um, exactly, and that's that's the thing with Wayne that he's he's very accepted about. He's like, okay, you don't see it now. I promise you're gonna see it. I promise I'm gonna show it to you. I'm still waiting on that day. Yeah, and, that's you know, cool. If, if that day comes, hey, I'll be the first person to be like, yo, Wayne's actually seeing this stuff because I've seen it too. Yeah, yeah. He's got like a normal family. Yeah, oh yeah. He's got a, he's got a daughter and a wife and they're they're normal, uh, you know, uh, but his, he's not. <laughs> and he's fun <laughs> to be around. And that's, that's, that was the main thing. You know, it was almost like, um, like Dallas and Wayne. I don't know if you remember. They had a movie that was kind of similar. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and they were just like, wow, dude, where are y'all? What planet are you guys from? <laughs> you know, but very enjoyable. Very, if you're, if you're looking at it as a scientific thing, like, oh, let's see what evidence Wayne has, you're not going to get that. But if you're, you're looking at it as, uh, from my standpoint, wanting to make a film, wanting to make it on somebody who's very interesting and like people will love whether they laugh at him or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, there was nothing better. I was like, look at this dude. <laughs> yeah. I think that's something that a lot of, uh, people, especially Bigfooters, you know, um, overlook because Bigfooters, you know, we want the subject to be taken seriously. We want ourselves to be taken seriously and all this sort of stuff. And I get that, but I mean, if you really want to be taken seriously, you probably shouldn't be a Bigfooter in the first place, but, exactly. um, like, yeah, but you're, you're hunting about, Bigfoot. <laughs> exactly. Could this be fun and entertaining? And yeah, of course it can. But the, the thing that drives every 
uh, movie or television show for that matter. Everything, documentaries, really, it's not the Bigfoot, it's the characters, it's the people. And that's why Finding Bigfoot was a success. Yeah, I've, I was stubborn about it. I'm thinking, well, Bigfoot's the star. I'm just, you know, like a side thing for this. But no, no, the, the, I finally learned after years of doing Finding Bigfoot that people kind of didn't care so much about the Bigfoot thing. They liked us looking for Sasquatch. They liked us. 80 percent of people that watched it didn't care about Bigfoot, and 70% watched it as a travel show with the cast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was that was the cool thing about it cuz like everybody in one way or another loves somebody on that show. Whether it was Cliff or whether it was Bobo or you had your people that I guess I don't know. I only like Moneymaker cuz I knew him. <laughs> you know, like that first time I met Moneymaker. I knew he had smoked because uh, I I'd been in the same room with him before but hadn't talked to him. And so my first memory of Moneymaker, and it will always be the only memory I have of him, uh, is I was like, "Hey Matt, let me get a let me get a cigarette, bro. I left mine up at the truck." And he's like, "I just quit smoking two days ago, but hold on." He goes, uh, "What did he say?" He called somebody's name. Man tooth. <laughs> he called somebody's name, and he's like, "Give Stacy two cigarettes." <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> "He's like, I only got, only got." Or no, he said, give Stacy a cigarette. He goes, I only got two, man. He's like, okay, give him both. You can get more later. I was like, wow, <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> that was uh, it was awful arrogant of you, but I'll take your cigarettes. <laughs> Those are the best. It was it was amazing. I was like, dude, this this guy, and that's what I loved about Matt. Like, Matt doesn't have a filter for the most part, uh, <laughs> you know. And but you always know what he's thinking about you when you leave the room. <laughs> you know because he'll tell you whether you like it or not from what i've seen but it, you know so people people gravitated to y'all's personalities and that's why the show was successful i mean like if, if people were in it for the the content you're basically doing the same thing every time yeah you know? yeah but it was the personalities that drove it because everybody loved bobo sitting up there talking about sasquatch loves bacon or you know Sasquatch loves mm -hmm. donuts or whatever you would say. <laughs> it was just like wow, is this? It was, and that's what made it successful. And people people lose that, and they don't realize, like Meldrum, uh, you know, he's he is serious, but he's also very boring, and that's why he doesn't have his own show. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, for like from TV aspect, we you know, we were fighting with him, and I was like, going, you guys are morons. We could we could have Jeff Meldrum on every show analyzing. You know, like this evidence, that evidence, and they're like, I go, just, you know, we need more science to go. Hey, Bo, we have we have a we have a whole channel dedicated to science. It's called the Science Channel, and nobody watches it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you're I think you're dead on about focusing in on the the personalities and just kind of celebrating them. You know, like celebrating weirdness. I think that we need a lot more uh, weirdness in this world that doesn't take itself seriously or, or any more serious than it needs to. You know, I, I think that's a, a dangerous thing when like you're, you're a weird freak and you don't realize it. And, um, because that puts you in a, a position of being antagonistic towards others. Um, and nobody likes somebody who's being antagonistic. Well, when, and another thing is like, even when I was in grade school, everybody was always trying to be just like everybody else. And when you're just like everybody else, you can't tell who's who, you know, but when you're <laughs> unique, 
you're unique. You shine, you know, no, and no, no matter how, in whatever way you're unique, you know, maybe you've got a cleft foot or maybe you got a speech impediment or whatever it is, whatever it is about you. Uh, but you're unique. You're yourself is something that makes you stand out from everybody. And that's, that, that, that's what should be celebrated. You know what I mean? Cause you're, you're not the mold, you know, you're not that carbon copy of everybody else. You know, yeah. so just my two cents. Well, no, no. Well put, well put. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, that's one of the things I, I've always appreciated about you and not, not that you're, you know, some freak or whatever. Although you kind of, you were kind of weird. And I, I love that about you, mind you, but, um, you are so authentically you. Um, and I've always wow. just really been appreciative of that. I'm drawn to those people. That's why Bob's is one of my best friends. That's why I've always just got along great with you and always enjoy talking to you, even though we don't do it quite as much as I'd probably like, I guess, now that I'm thinking about it, but just, I, I like people who are authentically themselves and have no F's to give about it. Hmm. Uh, you know, you, you're, you're miserable if you end up trying to be something you're not, or at least from my standpoint. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I would be miserable if I was sitting there trying to just conform and be like, be like everybody, how everybody wants me to be. But if I be myself, I have fun and everybody around me does too. And I stay happy. Yeah. So, hey, are you still playing music? Uh, yeah, I actually, um, am cutting kind of a, it's like a country ish album. You know, um, I just started writing some country tunes one day. I don't know. I can't say that they're actually country, but they're because I got a rock influence to it. You know, uh, it just fun songs. I haven't played. Um, I do got a, I do got a, like a iHeartRadio cancer benefit, um, in June. And that will be the first show I've played in like two years. You know, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that. So, uh, is that your Sissy Brown Jr. and the Big Bad Wolf? No, that was my uh, that was me and Stevie's band. That was a um, a project we did was was, uh, was kind of more like a grunge, uh, hard rock kind of thing, you know, uh, stuff I've always done. Uh, and then I like before I, I quit drinking, I, I cut some rap songs, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> you play bass for that that big time rapper who was that uh was it t-pain t-pain uh so like we played i played in this rap band for a while right uh and then he he was there at one of our shows and i didn't realize our security guard was like because first of all i didn't know a local rap band needed a security guard but like we actually did uh because like you know, my, my old band Fireplug or Stacey Brown and Big Bad Wolves would play, and we may be lucky to get, you know, Fireplug, Fireplug did usually about 250 people, right? We played with, with the County Boys. Our first show had 700 people at it. And then, like, we played, like, three weeks later, and it was the same thing. And it was just like, wow, what in the world is going on here? <laughs> you know, uh, and it was, it was short lived, but I, I had a great time. Uh, it was a very different experience because those guys wanted to like, before the show, we all had to go to the mall and like pick out outfits. <laughs> and so I was like, <laughs> this is so strange, but, uh, and you go to the mall, you're not, 
you're not going to the mall with two or three people. You're going to the mall with like a mob of people. There's like 20 people in your group and you walk into the foot locker for, you know, three people to pick out some shoes, but there's 20 people in the store with you and, you know, and everybody's called oh, that's whack or this and, you know, they had the lingo that they talked and I'm like, dude, y'all are losing me here. I don't, I don't know, you know, <laughs> I don't know dude, what that means. <laughs> you spell this out. Didn't you cornrow your hair for a while for that? Yeah, no. <laughs> I did. I did do it for the pit. Uh, it went bleach blonde, but it was supposed to be gray, and it didn't work. So I ended up looking like uh, Backstreet Boy nice. for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's that. Uh, and uh, it's it's still blonde right now. Uh, it's growing out, and then debating whether I want to cut it or not. But you know. His hair. So I actually burnt a good sized chunk of my beard off last night. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I blew into a side the fire trying to, you know, get it going and it shot right back up in my face. And I was oh like, my oh no, no, no. My girlfriend's like, Oh, it's not that bad. It's it's definitely not that bad. So then we run to this restaurant and uh, the cashier I'm said I talked to her, I was like, Hey, stop. I was like, look at my face. <laughs> Tell me the truth, <laughs> because my girlfriend, she's she's not gonna hurt my feelings. Because I was like, hey, when my beard got burned, I was like, I was about in tears. I was like, oh man, this is bad. <laughs> this is bad. I don't want to shave this off. She's like, oh, I didn't even know. And then when I'm leaving the restaurant, she's like, good luck growing your beard back. I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when did you quit drinking? I had quit drinking before I seen y'all the last time. Uh, but then I seen y'all. And so like, okay, so if I'm in a setting to where like we can just have some drinks and I'm with my friends and we're cool, uh, you know, then I'm good for it. You know, Hey, let's, let's have some drinks. Uh, but like I used to drink every day, at least like three or four beers in the evenings, you know, just kind of wind down, but it, it just, I've never been one of those happy drunks. Right. You know? Uh, especially like if I continue to drink, you know, like, and I'm not around and I never start stuff with my friends, but there's always some dude down in the bar is looking at us, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you can't, you can't, uh, you can't make a living doing that, you know, especially when you're small. Yeah. One day somebody's going to choke you out. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was probably, I can say since I've seen y'all, I may have drank twice. I know I drank with Tom Green and Lester one night. We had a yes. we had a par- we had a party on a lake. Uh, it was actually Vincent Vincent Price's house. Is no, that ring no, a bell? Vincent Price, you know who he is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like, I didn't know who he was at the time, right? Um, and we were filming there for that movie that I won't name. That's absolutely horrible. Uh, <laughs> and it was, it was, uh, they're like, Hey, this is Vincent Price's house. And it was a beautiful house, huge lake. So like we're drinking wine, you know, and next thing you know, we're lit and we're singing, uh, what's that song called? Uh, major Tom to the top of our lungs. <laughs> you nice. know, and it was, so it's like moments like that, but I don't, I don't have the urge to do it no more. It's like, you know, when I, I went to Les's house a few weeks ago, and he he drank, but I didn't. I just sat there and you know hung out. Well, he lives in Oregon, doesn't he? 
Uh, yeah, he's he's got a, a place up there. Uh, you should have gave me a call. Where were we at? I'm trying to think. Med. Well, I don't Medford. know if I should say his place. Yeah. Well, well I heard. I, heard he, I don't know where he lives. He lives in Medford, is what I heard. But or outside. Yeah, he or lives in Medford. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's only a couple of hours from you, man. Should should give me a ring. That's the halfway point for me and Cliff to meet. Right. Well, it was like yeah. being on uh, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, except Ed McMahon wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, that was like. House. Wow. What's that? Was that where Vincent Price's house was by Medford? No, that was in Missouri. Uh, we shot all that film in Missouri. Um, I went up there to his place because we were doing some final edits on the film, you know, um, and which is really cool because we came out of that edit with two versions. We came out with one that's 60 minutes. And while that may seem short, it's artistically okay so like as an artist that's the one i want to put forward you know uh that was that was my my best expression uh and then then there's the an hour and like 17 minute version which is more of a feature film you know uh because 60 minute version is not a feature and it's also not a short it's kind of in between so i think uh if we end up releasing it ourselves uh, which is whole like movie business and how it works is there's a lot of snakes in the grass and, and they're all talking real good to you, you know, and you have to, you have to reel back and look at it. Hey, I'm a first time filmmaker, you know, I don't know if I want to sign my film over to you for 10 years, you know, with the promise that you're going to make me this much money. Uh, and you're already wanting to sign my other film, but all you have seen is like two scenes from this one. And I haven't made my other film yet. It's still an idea. So, cause we went out to the film market and stuff and it was, I just felt like everybody was trying to drown me, you know, like take advantage or something and stand on top of my shoulders so they could breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they they all come smiling at you, but their smile doesn't always hide their forked tongue. Exactly, you know. Uh, uh, and that was it was eye opening experience. But we went up there, we made the final cut. So I think when we release it, as we're pl- Stevie's wanting to release it ourselves, at least stateside. So I think that's what we're gonna do. Uh, but like, we're probably gonna we have a few deals to like sell the worldwide or like the the foreign distribution and just you know see what they can make you know hey we can sign an eight-year deal with them uh because everybody out there we're like well hey let me see what you've done for other movies well that's other clients info and we can't tell you about that okay so you told me you made all this money on this movie but you can't back that up and of course i have no connections to get my film shown in vietnam so uh you know hey if we sell the international rights over let them go make what they can make and then we can control stateside and so if we do that we're going to release the 60 minute version first uh and then maybe like six months later we'll put the long the longer version on dvd what does the feature of 75 minutes it was a 74, yeah, 74, 75. Um, when I went to Les's house, we were looking at 82 or, yeah, eight, 82 minutes, I think. Yeah, yeah, 82 minutes. So it was like an hour and hour and 24 minutes, and we cut that down. So there was uh, 
you know, he's see less like made. That's the thing that people don't realize about the survivor man series is that he made all those shows. Like he was the production company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How he got them to agree to that. I'll never know, but uh, he did. And so when it comes to editing and stuff, and I mean, I've been editing a few years, but by no means do I have the experience uh, that I would like to, I will one day. Um, but you know, he, he just a lot of tips like, Hey, this person blinks right here when you're cutting this into the next scene. So let's go ahead and cut it before they blink. So it doesn't look awkward, things like that, you know, fundamentals. Um, cause I never went to film school. Um, I was into this since I was in high school TV production. Uh, and then, you know, I just kind of always, fell into one thing or another. Uh, so I started doing music for a while and then Bigfoot came along. And then, you know, once I was on Bigfoot Bounty and I'm seeing everybody doing it, like when I met RPG, okay. So like when I met RPG, it was kind of like, okay. Cause RPG is such a positive person. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. um, like this dude, it never rains on this dude. I don't care what's going on. There's some outlook he comes away with. And like, I was telling him the other day, I was like, dude, you should be a life coach, bro. <laughs> it's like, I envy you, bro. I don't, <laughs> I don't see how you can look at this situation and, you know, you, you can come out smelling like roses and you're, and you're, you know, so happy about it. And so when, you know, I was talking to him about it and, you know, he was telling me how he got into it and everything. He's like, yeah, if you love it, blah, 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 go for it, go for it. Just make that movie. You know, what are you going to do? He gave me some pep talk and I was like, well, OK, I can do it. <laughs> you know, so there we did. We started making movies. <laughs> for those listening, RPG worked on Finding Bigfoot for years. And then he was also on the first two episodes, I guess, of that. Uh, yeah. yeah, Expedition Bigfoot. There you go. Yeah, so that's the guy we're talking about. He's he's one of my best friends. He's a great guy. Oh yeah, completely awesome dude. It's like, and that's another one of those characters that like he. Does, I don't know if he realizes it, but he's he's a character, you know, like Wayne. I mean, not in the same sense, <laughs> uh, but he's he's just a character, and he's he's made for what he does. And I'll tell him like, hey, I know, like I told y'all, I know enough about Sasquatch to know that I don't know that much. Yeah. But I'm still trying to tell these people that I'm spending my time and my money and my resources running around the damn woods looking for a giant hair-covered creature. You can't really polish that to look good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, that's that's another thing about the big, like y'all, uh, the Bigfoot community, quit taking it so serious. Like you're you're not in the subject that's going to ever be taken seriously until it's discovered, you know, and then people be like, Oh, Hey, okay. Okay. They were real. You were right. You were right. But that day, yeah, I'm sure y'all know it. it. We may never see it. But you know what I think is interesting about that is that after discovery, you know, uh, or academic acceptance really, because, you know, I think that's a more appropriate term. There are so many factions in the Bigfoot community I don't think that people will throw in the towel and say, oh, you're you know, like, say, say, for example, it, it, it's a crazy enough world that I don't know that I'm right about Bigfoot, that these things are hominins or whatever, you know, paranthropists or whatever. Right. So, um, and I'm just using me because I, I that's the model that I go with. Right now, um, all these other people, I don't think they're going to admit that they're wrong. 
I think that they're just going to say science is wrong or whatever, or just like, um, I don't know. Uh, I don't have any names associated with it, but say that's, you know, somebody thinks that these things are interdimensional shape-shifting UFO travel and whatever's, um, if they're proven to be right, um, I have to wonder if I'm going to say, well, I'll be darned. Um, they're, they are interdimensional shape-shifting, you know, UFO riding whatever's. I'm not sure how quickly I would give up my own model. Right. You know, it's, I guess we all, uh, lean on the thing that makes us most comfortable with what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. You know, and the way we want people to perceive us. Yeah. If I had to, you know, because like I've, I've had a UFO encounter associated or a UFO sighting that was associated with Bigfoot activity, like mm-hmm. right after. Uh, and there's the people that, you know, they claim these these things are from the UFOs. Hey, maybe you're right, brother. I, I don't know. I just I just love the subject and love the phenomenon, and I go out after it. Uh, but I think more. I don't think it's ever going to be proven unless. I don't think like acceptance is a thing. I think it's more of a disclosure. Hmm. I honestly think the government knows what these things are. Well, some I, I, people do. Maybe they do. I, I don't know. But I, I seriously firmly believe everything I own, I would put on it. The government is ahead of us on this. They know what these things are. And for whatever reason, they don't tell us. Yes. I've, I, I just think it's a money thing. I, I think that those guys worship money as a god and they don't want to give any of it to, like, say, like natural resources or preserving land or saving animals you know, especially right. when the animals are doing such a damn good job taking care of themselves, you know? Right. Well, I mean, if you look at all the national forests, or at least the ones in Florida, they're all planted pines. It's it's a big logging uh, business for them. You know, they, they, they lease the rights out to these companies that come in and log this land. And then now all of a sudden you've got this newly discovered creature out there on the properties and you can't log it no more. Eh, that's big bucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. They're just get, and you know the, the most cost-effective way is don't do anything because there are people out there taking pictures of nothing and saying there are Bigfoots in it and you know going on TV and making wearing tinfoil hats and the whole nine and you know they do a great job discrediting the subject. Oh, of course, you know and that they don't have to like you said they don't have to do it. They don't have to have that Project Blue Book that goes out and discredits everything. You know they uh, because they just let the general public do it. <laughs> yeah, it's talk free. To somebody. Yeah. Let let the Bigfoot weirdos fight amongst themselves and yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all free. Well, I, I think exceptionally saying tinfoil hat crazies because I did wear a tinfoil helmet on TV. You did, you did, and you know, but you oh did it for God. fashion reasons. Speaking of fashion reasons, I will admit this now. I was talking to Les about it the other day because basically he's the godfather of the selfie, right? It can be argued that he was the first person that was doing it. In 2013, I was the first person to ever wear a man bun on national television. Really? Second person to wear it it was Jared Leto about six months later. I'm not proud of this, but, you know, it's an accomplishment of mine, and I will hang on to it. (laughs) Uh, So that whole man bun phase, maybe it was me. Maybe it wasn't, but, you know, hey, I was there first. So, <laughs> we're, we're first and best. 
Good job. Yes, I'd like to think so. <laughs> Is there a best when it comes to man buns? Aren't they all, aren't they all shameful? Yeah, they are. You know, uh, <laughs> at the time it seemed cool. Uh, I really wasn't going for a man bun. I was like, oh, okay, hey, I'm going to be Tom Cruise from The Last Samurai. But uh, <laughs> it, it kind of turned into its own thing. And then Jared Leto started wearing it. And then all of a sudden it's not cool anymore. Uh, but it was, it was, uh, it was something that was brought to my attention by one of my friends. And I was like, damn you. When I saw it, I, I just thought, that's cool. He's got a samurai hairdo. That's <laughs> what I thought, too. But no. Yeah, little did you know. <laughs> well, you know, you could go to the next step now and do a man bun with your beard. No one's done that. Yeah. I don't even know how that would work out. Probably not well, to... just like the man bun. But <laughs> Right. I, th I think I had to cut this off, though, because I heard something the CDC said the other day that everybody with beards need to... Cut them off so we don't get that coronavirus. Well, so. I mean, you put it in the fire last night. Don't you think that sterilized it enough? <laughs> it should have. It should have <laughs> sterilized some bit of it because it was – dude, that thing was bad. I was like, oh, my God, I got to the house today, and I hit it with a flattener. I like got a beard like flattener so, it's, <laughs> so it doesn't look all scraggly. I'm like, please don't look you know, messed up because it, it got all curly in that one spot, like really curly. <laughs> I bet. God, I wish yeah. we had video for this interview. All right. <laughs> well, you know what we can do? I've, you know, we, 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 don't, we never utilize our email very often. So I'm going to invite the listeners to draw a picture of Stacy Brown with, uh, with his beard singed. Um, and, and, you know, people send it in, we can put it on our social media or something like that. So send it to Bigfoot and Beyond Podcast at Gmail. Draw a picture of Stacy Brown with a singed beard and we'll put it out there. And a man button. <laughs> And a man bun. That's got to be in there. <laughs> right on. <laughs> hey, Stacey, I'm just throwing it out there. If you need anyone for any of these projects you're doing, filming stuff, I'm your man. Oh, hey, most definitely, man. I would love to, to work I'll, with you guys, man. Y'all okay. guys are, you know, uh, and that's that's another thing about, like, my whole film crew. It's, it's basically my buddies. We're the bad news bears of, uh, you know, films so we we learn as we go and we we have a good time oh, yeah, dude, I'll, I'll, I'll pay my own way and i'll be associate producer <laughs> nice it sounds good well I'm we're, we're uh I'll work with you dude I, you, you i like your stuff man i want to i'll work with you anytime you need if you need the bows i'm there all right i'm i'm I actually we were i mean i i know it's gonna sound like horse shit but uh like I was actually talking to Stevie the other day because we got a project. It's a Bigfoot project, and I was like, "Dude, Bubba would kill it for this character." <laughs> and he's like, "Yes, he would." <laughs> so, you see my acting, acting in Momo. Yeah. Southern, my Southern draw. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, didn't you guys do the Momo thing? Yeah, that's what I'm talking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was the how, first how time I acted. Out? It was fun. I enjoyed it. I, I pretty much sucked, but I thought I killed it. I was like, God, Cliff sucks. Like Cliff to me was just reading the lines, like put no effort to do it. Like not even trying to sound Southern. I'm like, God, Cliff can't act at all. Like I'm like, I'm going to get invited out of the actor's studio after this. I'll probably be getting some awards and calls from big Hollywood <laughs> producers. And then I watch it. I'm like, God, this is embarrassing. I suck. The two things I just heard is that you said my acting was effortless. And the second thing uh, was that uh, it reminded me of that Homer Simpson thing when he looks in the mirror again. Remember you said you have that? 
Big time, big time. Yeah. <laughs> your acting came off better than mine. At the time, I thought, no way. <laughs> is that out? I haven't. I usually it's keep up with Seth's films, but I've been so busy with my own. Dude, it's like, he does like his career. Oh, wow. Okay. Some of his films are great, man. Like Beast of Bray Road. Yeah. I love that film, dude. Or Bray yeah. Road Beast, whatever whatever it was called. Yeah, he's got another one coming out, like in, something about UFOs. Um, what was the name of it? Um, God, it's, it's just coming out right now. Uh, or they're just finishing up making it. What oh, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the On the Trail. On, on the, the Trail. trail. Is it yeah. On the Trail of UFOs? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, uh, He's a great dude, man. Uh, I actually, uh, I know I bug him from time to time because he's more of a gear guy than I am. And so uh, I'll hit him up and be like, yo, <laughs> what you think about this? <laughs> what you think mm-hmm. about this? <laughs> he's cool enough to answer my questions. And doesn't he's a seem cool to guy in general. Oh, yeah, so- he's rad. Like, well, he's got a small little company. He's making his way. He's, you know, he's making enough to live on. He's not rich or whatever, but he's he's doing it. You know, so uh, uh, the same thing you're doing, you know, an independent filmmaker doing what they love. And there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, hey, you know, uh, hats off to him because it's, uh, you know, and you. uh, Well, like last year was the first year where I actually was able to do just this. Right. Nice. You know, so um, before then, I would have odd jobs. Uh, I was a fisherman uh, until I got in a, a few wrecks. I had a I had a bad span there where I got like I got hit by a dump truck, right? And then my body actually got, I got physically hit, rolled over the hood of a car. Uh, and then after I had this back like these ablations and stuff, I got a uh, I got hit in the door. This old lady just hit us in the door. So I, I had to quit fishing. Last time I went fishing, my legs, I, I don't have the strength in my legs that I used to. So, but it was good. Last year I was, it was the first time I was ever actually able to, you know, make it with this, make money from, from this and support myself. Nice. And, nice. you know, it's so I'm hoping it builds. Uh, Seth kind of laid the model out. I mean, he does these Kickstarters and funds his stuff, uh, which is, you know, I don't see his competition. I see he's just like, he makes his movies. His movies are Seth's movies, all of them, you know, and nobody else is going to make those films. And I'm just shocked he's not on uh, network television already. Oh, dude, Early. I think that's, he's had some discussions about some pretty big projects. I know that. Yeah, it will. It won't be long, you know. That I'm sure there won't be some small town monsters series because, yeah. you know, it, it's it's great. It's great stuff, you know. I'm not sure how much uh, control he'd be willing to give away, especially yeah. when what he's doing now is working. Exactly. The you know, you, yeah, you go corporate like that, then you give away your control, and you just like you know you're a whore all of a sudden. I told him, don't do it, dude. It's like look at no effects. Those guys. They didn't, they didn't do like what they were supposed to. They didn't do all the radio hits. didn't do any of that stuff. But they have total control. They have fun. They don't, they, they don't make as much money, but they don't need to make as much money because they don't have all these people sucking their money out. It just goes to them. I think, that, yeah. I think that's, that's the way to stay, man. Stay smaller, stay independent. Bigger ain't better for sure when it comes – when you got control of your own product, that's what counts. 
especially in art. Yeah, yeah. when you're an artist, that's that's the biggest thing. It's like because what you're putting out there is an extension of yourself, an extension of your mind, and how you're viewing things. And what he makes is beautiful. You know, like them shots he gets and stuff, just like are amazing. You know, and if he had to give that up, it probably wouldn't be the same. But at the same time, you know, dude, cash in. Well, yeah, Maybe. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Go ahead and cash in. You're not a sellout, dude. Cash in. I said having money rocks. I loved it when I had it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, uh, Dana, our camera guy in Finding Bigfoot, he said something that resonated really well with me, and I'll, it'll, I'll probably always stick with it, you know? Uh, he said you can only make two amounts of money, enough or not enough. <laughs> And, uh, as long as you're making enough, man, just keep on moving. Well, Stacey, you, you seem to be uh, like plowing a, a, a great, you know, uh, path for yourself ahead. But looking back as a filmmaker, um, what filmmakers had an influence on you or what films in particular perhaps had an influence on you or something that you like about them? Charles Pierce. Charles <laughs> Pierce, right? Boggy well, Creek, I'll, sure. uh, I'll probably say one that you guys don't know. Uh, Eraserhead. Oh well, yeah, sure, of course. Well, y'all seen it? Okay, so you're like one of the few people I've talked to when I've answered this question. We're of that age, and, and okay, you know, you know that film, dude, is just like yeah, that's always amazed me. You know, because when you're watching it, you think you're watching something wrong. You know, it's like, hey, should I really be watching this right now? Um, yeah, it makes you feel dirty. You got to like, get a shower or something. Feel <laughs> yeah, but it's. It, I had to watch it like three times to actually see what was going on. And, you know, so that movie, when I'm making feature films, that one goes a long ways uh, with me. That's a, what I was inspired uh, or trying to tap into with The Pit. Because, like, The Pit, it goes into, you know, his – Danny Less's character, his mind, and and it go it gets really dark like that, and you know, good things kind of don't make sense, and then they kind of do, and then it all wraps around, and then the end of the movie, you think one thing's happened, but now, oh wow, what? And then it ends, <laughs> you know. So uh -huh. uh, it's it's going to be one of those movies that you know people either love or hate. But what I wanted to make was a film that if five people sat there and watched it, they all came away with a different thought process on what actually happened. <laughs> you know, okay. like if you watch Inception, you'll sit there and hear people argue back and forth. Well, was he still dreaming? Did he make it out? You know what I mean? Because, you know, the, the thing's spinning there and then, it, and then it starts to fall. So, you know, you have all these, these uh, Christopher Nolan, he also... He's he's really good, and then um, I guess the other films I guess if I had to you know say would inspire me would be like you know Tim Burton's because Tim Burton puts you in a place where you actually forget about the outside world. You know you you can when you're watching this film and he puts you in a different world. He puts you in his world, and. It's cool to visit there for like two and a half hours or however long the film is. You don't want to live there, but, you know, it, it's, it's kind of, I don't know what the word is. Uh, I guess I, if I was better 
birth well, it tra- from a word. It transports like, you. It transports you to his exactly. reality, you know? Yeah. We can't all be Matt Pruitt and talk like we know what we're talking about here. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to his show when he was on with y'all, and I was like, Dude, you got to speak in layman's terms, bro. I feel dumb listening to this show. Yeah, he, he makes us all feel dumb. But that's because he's, he's so very damn smart, intelligent, you know? man. Very yeah, intelligent. Yeah, he really is. He is. He is. So I got a film for you to check out. I don't know if you've ever uh, seen this one. It's by a filmmaker named Adam Rifkin. Um, and oh. he did Detroit Rock City. He did the cha- He did probably a bunch of stuff afterwards. But his first film, it's called The Dark Backwards. Oh, yeah. You ever check that one out? Never seen it. Well, well, check out this cast, okay? Judd Nelson, uh, Bill Paxton, James okay. Kahn, uh, uh, Rob Lowe, uh, Wayne Newton. Um, Wayne Newton. Yeah, Rob there's a Lowe. few other people. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's about a comedian who's not funny until he starts growing a third arm out of the middle of his back. Wow, it's, it's a good it, movie. Oh my God. It's, it's, it's absolutely nuts. Talk about a transportive movie. Um, his world is dark and dingy and trash laden and it's, it's just insane. And, and it's the only movie I've ever seen that like one moment I was kind of actually offended, which is pretty hard to do with me. And then the next moment I was laughing so hard I couldn't make a sound. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's wild. my, My favorite movie probably of all time is a recent movie uh that i've seen that i absolutely loved um was the lighthouse i've never even heard of it uh, it's got willem dafoe and robert pattinson in it yeah. and the just the performances by these guys so the only two people in the movie you know and it i, I would highly suggest everybody watch that film that that film is it's about as close to a masterpiece that I've ever actually seen. You know, it's, it's, it's strange. It, it transports you into a whole nother, a whole nother place. And that's what I love about movies. You know, um, unfortunately everybody's lost the, we don't go to the movies anymore. We're sitting on our couches watching, watching the film. So it's kind of hard to get away from, you know, everything when you're at home you know, the experience, like that was the thing about going to the theater when I was a kid, you know, I could actually get away from everything and I'm I'm into this world that is being projected in front of me. But he, he was able to do that for me from my couch. Mm, Yeah. And so it was like hats off. It was the guy that made the witch. Um, Oh, that was a great movie. Yeah. The, the lighthouse is like 10 times better. No kidding. Yeah. The witch scared the hell out of me too. Yeah, you haven't. I don't. You, I don't know. If, I don't think you've met my wife, but she's really into horror movies and things. Uh, right. And I never was, but I, 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 you know, I tried to make her like me, so I started watching horror movies. And, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and uh, they, they, yeah, I'm, I can watch them now and not have nightmares, which is nice. But um, yeah, she, she had me watch The Witch, and that was really something. Dude, I've, I've, I've pretended to like romantic comedies with girls. <laughs> well, it sounds like I won on that one. I've never been that desperate, Bobo. So. <laughs> well, I'm not as good looking as you, Stacey. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, speaking of nightmares, I we were camping last night, and I guess uh, I don't know why, but I had this dream. I don't know how I got there, but all of a sudden, there's I'm walking into the woods, and there's some sheriff deputies, and they're briefing me on like, hey. There's a Sasquatch running around. 
and it's 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 tearing stuff up it's hurting people y'all got to you got to do something please do something and like i didn't even know i was dreaming like usually i'll know i'm dreaming in my dreams and then so i'll like jump around and like i can almost kind of fly and stuff but so I'm, 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 i see the sasquatch in the distance you know and he's running around and he's tearing all this stuff up and stevie's there and you know all of a sudden sasquatch goes this way and i'm like all right we got to go this way and so we're all running and i'm thinking what are we going to do when we get there we're about to intersect with the sasquatch and I, I never really have nightmares like this. It was it was a good one because it was a it was a change, uh, but like I was I was apparently like screaming <laughs> like in, in a bad way. My girlfriend woke me up from it because we intersected with the Sasquatch and he's chunking rocks and there goes Stevie. He's rolling down the hill <laughs> and there goes my other buddy and like the Sasquatch is beating on me, like pointing like your necks, like Bill Goldberg or something like that. <laughs> and, and then, then she shook me awake, but I was actually like, she said that I was, uh, I was screaming to where she heard me screaming in her dream. And then she realized she was, uh, you know, I just wonder what the people in this campground think of me at this point, because we're all kind of really close. <laughs> That's hilarious. So Stacy, where can people follow you on online? Like, uh, you know, just everywhere. Uh, just look me up, Bigfoot Stacy. Um, and I got a new film. Uh, Cliff's actually in it. Um, the Skunk Ape Lives. We should have that out. Uh, barring our discussions with Netflix, so it looks like we may actually have an end to get that film out. Um, we made it a few years ago. Uh, it's called Skunk Ape Lives, and it's more or less about my my seven years, eight years now down this rabbit hole. You know, some of the most credible people I've talked to. Um, you know, my dad's interviews in there, and the the thing that when my dad filmed the the thermal, I was actually filming him with the night vision camera, the oh, Sony really? night shot. I didn't know we that. always. We always held on to that. And uh, so you get to see my dad become a believer on camera or, wow. you know, at least get the crap scared out of him. Senor. Yeah. So um, it, the I didn't like the original edit I had on it and I didn't know uh, what to do with it. And yeah, speaking of RPG, I, I showed it to RPG and he's like, dude, do this. And then I'm like, oh my God, you know, because like I like to get influence from others, especially when I'm like writing music or something like that. I, I would love to ask somebody else their ideas. I may not always go with it, but, you know, more sets of eyes is, is um, I guess, uh, beneficial to uh you know what you're doing especially if you get like a writer's block and so like with this film i had a writer's block i i knew something was missing and it was the way i was segueing into my clips uh and and he he completely helped me out with that and it it just it kills it now but cliff you're in it uh really yeah yeah <laughs> I, I don't remember filming it that's rad good i don't uh, mind well, you I, know, no you problem at Craig. all Craig filmed filmed you your interview. Oh, uh, up at your house in Oregon. Um, uh -huh. 
because so we didn't we didn't uh, have the money to travel, so we just paid Craig. Uh, oh, okay. Flippy. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, it was a few years ago, you know, and, and it's just been sitting there and sitting there and me trying to figure out what to do with it and it, you know, showing it to somebody else and getting their opinion, you know, lit that light bulb up. So I got that film's going to come out uh, soon. If it doesn't end up uh, doing nothing with Netflix, we're going to go, you know, we'll put it out on uh, Amazon for people to check it out. And, uh, you know, the pit, uh, you can look that up on social media, the pit film on, and that should be coming out this summer. You know, we're, we're just waiting on the, uh, colorist and the audio mix to get done. And then we're going to do something with it. So I'm excited, you know, to see what the, because this whole, whole world for me is kind of like, the snowball that rolls down the hill, mm -hmm. you know, one thing leads to the next and it's, it's exciting. I enjoy doing what I'm doing and, you know, uh, hopefully we're making good products that people enjoy. Well, you know, whenever you get a new project out there, you are more than welcome to, um, uh, like send me posters or clips or whatever. And I'm, I'll be happy to put it on my social media for you, you know, get some eyes on it and, um, we can use, uh, the outlet of Bigfoot and beyond to do the same thing. You know, we're always happy to help friends out. So right on. Yeah. Well, he helped us out tonight by coming on the show, man. I'm Absolutely. So I'm glad we got you, Stacy. It's always a good time hanging out with you. Yeah, dude. I, I know I'm long winded, but I appreciate y'all having me on. Uh, you know, I had a blast talking to y'all and yeah, you miss know, you. Yeah. We got to uh, get up and I got to come see the music. See him. I haven't even been to the one in Georgia yet, but oh, it's I, great I, too. Yeah, I gotta get up there and and take a look at that place because there was never nothing when I was a kid like that, and you know the ten year old me still wants to still wants to see something like that. Yeah, I made it for ten year old us's, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, hey man. When you come out to Oregon next time, you know, let me know, man, if you have any time, I, I'll drive the couple hours down to Medford or meet you halfway or come on up and hang out for a night or two up here or something. Love to have you around, man. Cool, bud. Well, yeah, I'm, I'll uh, hit you up on that, man. For real. Yeah, 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 I seriously do. I'm only like three hours away too, man. If you're out in Medford, hit me up, dude. It'd be good to see Stacy Brown and flesh. Hell yeah. Maybe we can uh, get the guitars together and, you know, have some fun, man. Absolutely. You know, there's some great Bigfoot spots down by Medford, too. So, I mean, yeah. well, good well, deal, good. guys. Well, I appreciate y'all having me on, man. Yeah. Good luck with your uh, project this week. I hope you guys get some good stuff on film. Ah, we're going to try, dude, but you know how it goes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Well, you have a good night, Stacy. Thanks again for coming, brother. Yes, sir. Thank y'all so much. Y'all take care. Right, take it easy, my friend. Later on. Well, all right, both. Man, that's about it, man. It was another fun episode. I appreciate uh, you lining Stacy up and. It's a surprise every week almost, except I knew this one was coming, but it's usually a surprise every week. Well, this week is going to be a surprise. So I'm not sure who we got yet. <laughs> All right. Okay. Have a good night, Cliff. Later. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bigfoot and Beyond. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes. 
Subscribe to Bigfoot and Beyond wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bigfoot and Beyond Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Bigfoot and Beyond, that's an N in the middle, and tweet us your thoughts and questions with the hashtag Bigfoot and Beyond. 